as we enter into your presence with your word today, teach us, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. We're continuing with our series, series on spiritual growth, and we specifically want to focus on prayer. Prayer today. Um, praying to the Father, part two. Praying to the Father. The first question then is, what is prayer? And who should pray? Who should pray? To answer the first or the second question, who should pray? Please understand that in the New Testament, everybody should pray. Everybody should pray. Let me take you quickly through the Old Testament to, for you to understand this concept. So let's go into 1 Samuel chapter 7. Let's start from verse 4. Just way down, but let's start from verse 4. 1 Samuel chapter 7. So the children of Israel put away the bears, their shreds, and served the Lord only. Keep going, please. And Samuel said, gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I may pray. I, I will pray to the Lord for you. Please pay attention to this. I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered together at Mizpah, drew water, and poured it out before the Lord. And they fasted that day, and, we, and they said, we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. Um, go on, please. Now, when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together, the laws of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard of it, when they heard that the enemy had come against them, they were afraid. But look at the actions they took. Keep going, please. Verse 8. The children of Israel said to Samuel, do not cease to cry out to the Lord for us. You see, the Philistines came against the children of Israel, but they did not pray. They went to Samuel and said, please, continue your prayer. So this is the mindset that some Christians have. When they face a challenge, they quickly run to somebody, please be praying for me. And it's important for you to understand that people will pray for you, people will pray with you. There's nothing wrong in that. It's scriptural for people to pray with you and for people to pray for you. But there's nothing as powerful as you praying for yourself. As a matter of fact, I can say that the prayer people will pray with you and for you will only be as effective to the degree to which you pray for yourself. So it's important you pray for yourself. Luke chapter 11 verse 10. Luke chapter 11 verse 10. Jesus said, it is everyone, to everyone who asks, receive. That's what Jesus said. Everyone. Everyone. We now live in a kingdom where everyone is pressing in. Everyone. Luke chapter 16 verse 16. We are now living in a kingdom where everybody is pressing in. Luke 16 16. From the days of John, the kingdom is preached, and come on, everybody is pressing in. Touch your neighbor and tell them, you need to pray. You need to pray. You need to pray. You need to pray. Don't delegate it to everybody. You need to pray. You must pray. You have to pray. You need to pray on your own. So you've got to understand that part. The second thing then is, what is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. That's true. But prayer is also speaking to God on behalf of somebody or something. You can speak to God on behalf of your city, on behalf of your job, on behalf of your situation, on behalf of your children, your spouse, your siblings, your parents, your brother in church, or your, your pastor. You speak to God on behalf of something. In other words, the first dimension of prayer is vertical. You and God the Father. Speaking to God the Father. But the second dimension is when you speak to things on behalf of God. You speak to some things and, or somebody on behalf of God. These two dimensions of prayer must always be engaged. You speak to God. That's the only dimension that some people know. Speak to God only. Supplication, petition. They don't understand that you also have to take authority and speak to things. So when you look at it then, John chapter 16 verse 23. John 16, 23, speaking to God. Jesus said, whenever you ask the Father in my name, he will do it. That is the speaking to God part. 
The second part, Luke chapter 17, verse 6. Luke 17, verse 6. Jesus, the same Jesus said, when you speak to this fig, sorry, this mulberry tree, tell it to be uprooted and planted in the sea, it will obey you. He didn't say it will obey God. It will obey who? Me. You. It will obey you. It will obey you. The word obey, I studied that word obey. That word obey in the Greek, in the Greek means something that is attentive, waiting for instruction. It's attentive. It's attentive, waiting for your instruction to move. So your situation is waiting for your instruction to move. It's waiting for it. So for example, let's do a quick, quick example. So you're trusting God for a job. You talk to God about it. That's the first dimension. Heavenly Father, you already know I need a job. I'm asking you, what says that? Say to the righteous, it shall be well with you. It will eat the fruit of his labor, not the welfare of the state. Lord, I need a job. Your word says, whatever your hands find to do, Open this door for me, O God. You are the God that opens doors. Father, open up a door for me. You're talking to God about it. Lord, I don't just want any job, my Father. I want gainful employment. You're talking to God about it. But you don't stop there. You don't finish and say, Father, I believe I receive in Jesus' name. I finish my prayer with thanksgiving. Amen. And go home. That's just one dimension of prayer. You have to understand that according to the book of Daniel, God could have answered you on the first day you prayed. You now need to speak to the unemployment itself. To move. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? You now need to speak to the unemployment. After you have prayed to God, you now command unemployment. I command you, you got to leave. You are not my portion. God has ordained me to be a fruitful boy. I'm, I'm, I'm like a city set upon a hill. I cannot be hidden. My resume cannot be hidden. My talent cannot be hidden. It has to be engaged. So I command you forces of unemployment. Move. So you now speak to it because it's waiting for you to say something. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? These two dimensions must always be combined. You see us practice it in church. If you're very attentive, you see the last word we do. So you've got to combine these two. That is what, that is basically the summary of prayer. However, when Jesus taught us in Luke chapter 11, verse 2, teaching about prayer, Jesus said we should pray to our Father who art in heaven. Oh, this is a powerful revelation. Jesus is the first person that spoke to God as a Father. And that revelation of God as a Father almost terminated the life of Jesus before he went to the cross. Because every time he spoke about the father, people wanted to kill him. In the book of John, chapter 5, verse 17 and verse 18. Jesus said in verse 17, my father walks up to now and I've been walking. Verse 18, they almost killed him. The Jews sought all the more to kill him. In John chapter 10, verse 30 to 31, Jesus said, the father, my father and I, we are one. In verse 31, they took up stones to kill him. You see? So this revelation about the father, there is something he does that he steers up anger in the devil. He steers up anger because Satan knows that if you can have this revelation of God as your father, you wouldn't just trust that with God all things are possible. You will know that with your father is willing. It is the, many, most Christians don't doubt. They, it's very easy to trust in the ability of God. After all, God created the heavens and the earth, so he can do it. What people doubt is the willingness. It's, the question is, will God do it? Matthew chapter 8, verse 2 to 3. When that leper came to Jesus, he said, I know you have capacity to heal me, but I don't know if you're willing. So God is, God's grace throughout the New Testament is trying to answer the question, I'm willing. I'm willing. He said, you can make me clean. Lord, if you are willing. I know you can make me clean if you are willing. And Jesus said in verse 3, I will. So he's always trying to, the father is trying to answer this question that is willing to give you that which you are trusting him for. Say amen, please. Amen. Question then is, who is this father? 
Because you see, God says, those that know their God, the Bible says rather, shall be strong. So who is this father? Number one, I said in the first service, is the God that knows and sees. He knows and he sees. This is Matthew chapter 6 verse 4, Matthew chapter 6 verse 8. Is a God that knows and sees. Number two, is a God that values his children. Matthew chapter 6 verse 26. God values people. Matthew 6 26. Number three, he is the father of glory. All of this I've said in the first and second service. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 is the father of glory. Uh, um, James chapter 1 verse 17 is the father of light. In him there is no shadow of turning or variableness. If God ever says he will do something to you as a New Testament Christian, be rest assured he will do it. Amen. There is no shadow of turning. And God does not bless you and withdraw the blessing. You know, people, people, anytime I get to this point, it just, it kind of like, pardon me a little bit, but it gets me a little bit, a little bit upset that people are wrongly dividing the word of God. Somebody said, well, you know, the Spirit of God came upon Samuel, Samson, he left Samson. Another person said, well, you know, the Spirit of God came upon Saul and left Saul. That's true. Show me one person in the New Testament that the Spirit of God came upon and left. Show me one. Mention it. Mention the name. In the New Testament, that the Holy Spirit came and he left the person. We have to rightly divide the word of truth. Jesus said with his mouth, I will send you another comforter. He will come, he will abide with you forever. Is that what he says in scripture? Yes. Uh, some of you are struggling because religion has taught you that you have to walk and walk and walk and walk. It's slavery. It's slavery. I'm telling you, you, I mean, if you don't believe me for what I'm saying, believe it for the sake of the work. Believe it for the sake of the work. The work does not lie. It started with seven people in a living room, less than $500. She was there. This is not uh, some long stories of some cook and boon stories of maybe there are people that are alive that are here in this service that are there. She's one of them. Seven. Seven. Believe for the sake of the work. Let the work be a witness. Like the Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 18. John chapter 8, verse 18. Look at what Jesus said here. He said, I'm one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. The one who sent me. He bears witness of me. I'm telling you what the New Testament said. The word of God must give you liberty. You must be free from this slavery. I'm, I'm speak to the, I want to speak to my son on this side. You have to be free from slave mentality. Wherever the spirit of God is, there is liberty. Now listen to this now. Listen to this now. People look and read the Bible, but they're reading a book from a point of view of slavery. James chapter 1 verse 25 says, you must look into the perfect law of liberty. Anytime you come across this word of God and you feel your spirit is bound and in bondage, you didn't look at the law of liberty. People go to church, they come out of the church, they are half the person that went to church. They are beaten down, broken down, looking down, feeling less valuable, feeling that I don't know if I'm going to make this thing to heaven. This is just so difficult. It's also so difficult. What kind of thing, what kind of teaching is that? That's not, that's not God. Their spirit, listen to me. Someone said, well, what about, why are you preaching services that are making people optimistic? What did Jesus come to do? <laughs> Let's look at it. If Jesus came to preach optimistic message. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. <laughs> Let's, this is his mandate. Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord. Now, this is the spirit of the Lord. This is what he's preaching now. Okay? He's upon me. Right? Why? He has anointed me. To preach the gospel, right? This is the gospel now. Okay? So the gospel to the poor. All right, so he has sent me to do what to the broken and dead. 
not to beat them down more. To heal them. Okay, number two, keep on going. To proclaim what? Liberty. liberty. People that are broken down, that have captives, they'll proclaim liberty. Freedom in their spirit. Recovery of sight to the blind. Come on now. To set again liberty. Those who are oppressed by slavery mentality. And the Bible says to declare. To declare. Keep going, keep going, please. Keep going. To proclaim the acceptable, acceptable year of the Lord is when the Jubilee trumpet sounds. And it tells the people you can return to what you lost before. Talk about optimism. This is what Jesus and Bible says after he done that, he closed the book. It's people that are reopening this thing. It's preachers that are reopening it in the wrong direction. He has closed it. This is what you should preach. Things that will set people free. Not things that will put people in bondage. They feel less than human beings. They feel worthless. I hear messages that people are saying that. I mean, people are so scared. They're scared they will lose everything. I mean, they're scared. They're scared they will lose everything. You know, even Jacob. Isaac called for one of his students to bring him food so that he can bless the person. Jacob, through Rebekah, went and brought the food. Is that true? Yes. Isaac blessed Jacob. The Bible says, scarcely as Jacob left the room when Esau came. But it was Esau that, Jacob, that Isaac wanted to bless. Are you following the story? So Esau said, my father, rise up, eat the food, and bless me. Isaac said, who is that one that came and collected? He said, oh, it's my brother. You know, he took my blessing. The Bible said, Isaac shook. Isaac said to him, listen, I have blessed him. You know, he couldn't take it back. You didn't get the point. If he could take it back, he could have said, ah, call the boy, call the boy, call the boy. Lay hands on him and take the gift from him and place it upon his son. So nonsense boy. And let him become an ordinary man again. He couldn't do it. Because the gifts and the callings of God... Please don't have a mindset that God will reverse your blessing. God is not threatened that you're making it. You think God is threatened by the size of this church? How many people are in this church? 2,000 people, over 2,000 people. What is that to God? The Bible says there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands. That means uncountable that are worshiping God. I don't know if you're hearing what I'm saying. Thousands upon thousands. God is not threatened by the crowd. The earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, the world and those that dwell in it. You know, he has everybody on his hand. He has everybody in his hand. Don't let us, God is not threatened that you have 20 houses, 50 houses. Don't let anybody preach to you that God will reverse you. God doesn't want to reverse it. He wants you to have 100. Amen. You're not hearing me. He wants you to go forward. Say amen. amen. He wants you to go from glory to glory. Amen. Only three people are believing that. Amen. God is not a God of shame. He doesn't want to put you to shame. Shake yourself and say, I'm not going to be put to shame. Shake yourself and say, I'm not going to be put to shame. Shake yourself one more time and say, no, shame is not my portion. I'm not going to be put to shame. Don't let anybody lie to you that you see God will deal with you. God, is, God dealt with my sin, not with me. What God is dealing with is sin. He's dealt with the sin, with the blood. People, so people are trying to sell for us today the religion of the blood of goat and bulls. I'm saying this to you so that you can be free. For me, nobody's going to come and put me in bondage by some slavery teaching that they cannot prove from the New Testament. Nobody's going to put me in that. I left the bondage of Egypt. God freed me. If God wanted to kill me, he should have killed me as a sinner. Now that he has saved me by his blood, he that sent his only be... Oh, I wish I was in the church. He that sent his only begotten son to die for me. 
How will he not now free me? Listen to me. Jesus Christ is not sitting at the right hand of God the Father, carrying a big book with a big club looking for your mistake. The Bible says we have an advocate with the Father. We have an advocate with the Father. Sir, let me show you this, sir. John chapter 13, verse 1. He loved his own. He loved them to the end. God's love is not seasonal. He has already made up his mind about you that he's going to love you to the end. Nobody's going to change his mind. Nobody's going to change his mind. Your neighbor is not going to change his mind. Your brother is not going to change his mind. That sister sitting next to you in church ain't going to change his mind. God already made up his mind. He's going to love you till the end. Somebody say with me, I'm beloved of God. Say it, say it. I'm beloved of God. Shout it out one more time. I'm beloved. You're beloved of God. You're a valuable person. Carry yourself with that. Somebody say, well, you got to be humble. Just humble yourself because God can just deal with you. Relax. 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 Let me say something to you. People, people just, they just, what is humility? I'm going to speak a little bit about that in the Ignite Church. Humility is not what you wear. I've seen people that wear very poor clothes and they're very proud. <laughs> ah, you don't know, you don't know, you know, it's very, the, the pride in a poor man is more difficult to take out than the one in the rich man. But, <laughs> I know I used to be proud I, and I was very poor. It's important when I will be hungry and somebody will give him something to say, me, help me. Take it, my brother. You understand? You're not hearing now. <laughs> you're not listening now. <laughs> he said, he said, me, listen to me. If you if you're worth more than that, you know your level of change. You should, no, no, you take that one first. I say, thank you, my brother. Thank you, my sister. <laughs> it's easier to be humble when you are when you are loaded. How do I know that? It's in scripture. John chapter 13. Let's start from there. Look at verse 2. It's in scripture. You will sit down. Supper being ended. The devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot's son to betray him. Look at verse 3. Pay attention, please. Look at this now. This is very powerful. Jesus, knowing that the Father has given him how many things? Sorry, how many things has the Father given him? How many things was in his hand? And he had come from God and he was going to God. What was his action now? Verse 4. He rose from supper, laid down his garments. And started washing the feet of people because he knows he has all things. When you are loaded, it's easy to be humble. It's the man that took bus, four buses, and he's walking around. Somebody parks and says, Let me take you. He said, No, I'm not going. You can't take me. I don't like the way you talk. That's a bride. My friend, sit down at the back. It's easier to ride the car than to be trekking. He says, yeah, look at Jesus. So some people are saying, ah, me, I don't want to, I don't want to go up. I don't want to be lifted so that God doesn't know humble me and I won't have anything. Please listen. He has no shadow of turning. That's not God. Why are you dealing with God like a slave master? Don't let them paint a God as a slave master to you. That's not God. That's not God. God is not going to kill me. I know that one for sure. Death is an enemy. The Bible says that. Oh. So I, I, my passion right now is to help people. To free them anywhere I go. Can I say something to you? But this thing has been streamed, so I can't say too much to you guys here. Everybody wants to succeed. Nobody wants to fail. But what people are fighting, it's not even, it's not even, they're not even dealing with the situation. They're dealing with their mindset. They have had so many teachings that have really put them down that they can't lift their head. They can't even dream. They, they think it's for some special people, only special people. This thing is only for special people. 
special people. You know, it's only one in the generation. Only one. Who said that? Who is that in scripture? Pastoring a church of very few people is a case. Deuteronomy 33, it tells, it tells us that. It said, let Reuben, eh? let him live. Let not his men. Proverbs 14, 28. Look at it now. Proverbs 14, 28. In the multitude of a people. Proverbs 14, 28. Come on now. In the multitude of a people is a king's honor. The lack of people is the downfall of the prince. So, do you, so lack of people is the downfall of this. Lack of people. Not lack of building. Lack of people. So somebody now wants me to have lack of people? They're looking for my downfall then. That's what you're looking for. You're not saying that you're looking for my downfall, but you're saying that I should not have people come to the ministry. You're really looking for my downfall. That is not the spirit of God. I am going to fight it with anything I have. I'm going to fight it, man. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight it with everything I have. You're looking for my downfall. And I have every biblical right to fight anybody looking for my downfall. It doesn't matter whether you say amen or not. My father, my father told me that when you go to school, some people, some children might have brought in the best sandwiches in the world. That's fine. You, my mama, just giving, have given you money to buy scone. And you, some of you don't know what scone is. And may you just not even know it. Scone, just understand that it's the type of pastry that when you eat it once, all you need for the rest of the day is to drink water. <laughs> I don't know the recipe. I don't know what they put in there. But just once you eat it, you just drink water for the rest of the day. But the person that has the beautiful, wonderful, London-made sandwich, it's okay for him to eat his own. While it's okay for you to eat your scone. Where there's a problem is when the man that holds the sandwich comes to you and wants to eat your scone on the floor. Then there's a problem. Then you have, to, you have every right to fight. Do you agree what I'm saying now? Yeah. Leave my scone. I'm trusting God that one day, this scone. Ah. <laughs> it's going to sandwich. Praise God. God is a good father. All right, so let's say something else about God the father. John chapter 15, verse 1. Oh, I love this. It tells us that your father is a vine dresser. It's interesting that when people read it, the first thing, ma'am, that they see is that God is cutting. Slave mentality is bad. How can you read this scripture and the only thing is there, but the only thing people see is that he will prune you, he will cut you, he will cut you, he will cut you, and that's what they preach. But let's, so let's read it in context. I am the true vine, Jesus is speaking. My father is what? Vine dresser. Okay, verse 2. Let's keep on going. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. Stop there. So the one that even qualifies for the taking away is the one that bears no fruit. 512 souls are the last open heavens 2017. Do you call that fruit? Yes. So, so, look at over a thousand people at uh, voice of, what's voice of one? It's a he that does not bear fruit. You know, between these two, this service today, between this uh, second service and third service, Two people walk up to me to tell me they bought their houses, they closed on their buildings. Just at the, at the very difficult situations that could not be closed. He told me, Friday, one of my sons, FSI, walked up to me and told me he closed. I dedicated the house with a key on Friday. Between the last 48 hours, I've seen three houses just close like that. Oh, four, actually. Another person walked up to me. This one is actually even commercial. He's a, he's a, he's a um, um, real estate investor. I mean, look what are you doing? I'm, I'm even talking about the first time. A lady woke up to me, Crystal. She told me that I've just bought my second house. Hallelujah. People have been lifted out of poverty for generations. Takes away every branch that now bears fruit. He prunes. 
the goal is not to cut it. The goal is not to destroy it. What is the goal of the pruning? No, let's look at it in scripture now. Read it. What is the goal of the pruning? So if it is not, if it has not borne more fruit, if it does not bear more fruit, it started with a hundred. Now we prune, and it's now having only seventy. As the pruning being effective, so that means that it was not pruning. That means it wasn't because the fine dresser, God is perfect. So if the, if God delegates somebody, go and do it, and you do the pruning, and the person goes from hundred to seventy and remains at seventy, the pruning was you cut something you ought not to cut. Uh, you have cut something you did not need to cut. That's why you have to be careful when you see somebody carrying the scissors. Because human beings are wicked. It will cut a DNA you're not allowed to cut. <laughs> Let's look at it. Verse 3. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He said, you are already clean. Because of the word which I have spoken to you. Do you believe this Bible? Yes, are you, do you believe this Bible? Yes, sir. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. We'll see. It's abiding me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Let me say this to you. This part of the scripture is not complicated. Don't let anybody confuse you. What does abiding me mean? Just stay, stay in God, read your Bible, come to church. It's very simple. It's nothing complicated. It's nothing spiritual about it. Just read your Bible, come to church, and let my word abide in you. That means obey it. That's all. There's nothing mystical about it. Just do that. Are you following? Yes, sir. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. Come on now. He bears what? For without me? Keep going, keep going, keep going. Verse 6, keep going. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burnt because they don't abide, right? Verse 7, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. You will, whatever you desire, you ask, it shall be done for you. Now pay attention to verse 8, and we're going to do NLT also in verse 8. My father, you know we're talking about the father. Yes. All right. My father is what? Glorified. Glorified at what? What makes God happy? What is it that makes him happy? Then Jesus said that proves you actually been discipled by me. So let's look at it in NLT translation. When you produce much fruit, you are true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. So the father is waiting for your much fruit. There is a level of celebration God wants to have over your life. And it is fruit dependent. Fruit dependent. So don't let anybody say, well, you know, you now have four houses, five houses, six houses, and somebody is saying they want to cut you down. God will never cut you down. He wants you to be a more. He wants you to be a more. If he challenges you with his word, the goal of that word is to prune you so that you can be a more. He wants to be a more. Somebody that is telling you that you should go and reduce everything and cut it down to one, they, they are envious. Don't cut it down. Tell them I'm not cutting it down. I'm buying the entire condo. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to produce much fruit. I'm going to produce much fruit. Let me say something to you. I'm going to say this boldly to the whole world. If anybody thinks they've seen something about HOP, they ain't seen anything. <laughs> if this is giving them headache, they should get ready for cancer. Get ready for migraine. Because this thing, this thing, the way it's going, is going to cover this whole nation. Come on, if you believe that with me, let me see you jump on your feet and give him a shout. May I take this opportunity then to remind you of December 31st, 2025. 
at the Rogers Center with 53,000 people. If you believe with me, come and give him another shot. <laughs> Please take your seat. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me wrap this up. You know, and you know, it's going to be so easy for that program because many of you today, that some people are looking down on you. You are the ones that will be writing the million dollar checks. And it won't even bother you. Just be writing the million dollar checks. It won't even bother you. It won't even bother you. Produce much fruit. Produce much fruit. I'm excited. I'm excited to produce much fruit. Thank you, Jesus. I'm excited for you to produce much fruit. I'm happy. I'm very happy for you to produce much fruit. Thank you, Lord. God is a vine. It's a vine dresser. Should I give you one more? All right, let me give you one more, and we can close. I can go and have my party with Ignite Church. <laughs> All right. God is a father of spirits. Hebrews 12, 9, what is the implication? Just one implication. There are about 21 of them I have here. Implication that God is the father of spirits. The first implication and the easiest one is that he's unstoppable. If God has decided to help you, nobody can stop him. Yes. He is a spirit. Not only is he a spirit, that is God is spirit, John 4, 24, but he is the father of it. The father of spirits. Every other spirit, they take their power from the father. You have to understand that there is no meeting that witches have that God does not know about. Oh, I'm going to speak to this person here. Please listen very carefully to me. There's no meeting that wizards have that God is not present. I'm going to say to this person here. There is no meeting that witches have that God is not present. Someone say, well, well, pastor, is this biblical? Very, 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 very. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. Let's look at it. 21, 22. Daniel chapter 2. He changes the times and the season. He removes kings, raises them up, gives wisdom, knowledge to those who have understanding. Next verse, please. What happens now? He reveals deep and secret things. He does what? Yeah. Now, this word no here in Hebrew does not mean, the word no in Hebrew is, you know, the word no and praise, one of the words for praise is yada. The word no here means to have intimate knowledge of. Mm. Intimate knowledge. To be so close to something that you can touch it with your hand. Because ya is a hand, yada. You know, lifting of hands. That's what you say when we say we're praising God with yada. So this knowledge here is to talk about, you know that in the Bible sometimes when it says, and Abraham knew his wife. You know, it's not talking about Instagram message. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't have Instagram message and the child is produced. Uh-huh. He said, and Abraham knew his wife. Elkanah knew Hannah. And boom, somewhere came out. So obviously, it, it's not just, it's not just what's your name, my name is. It's an intimate knowledge. So God is there. He's a fellow of spirits. He knows what he's like. Jesus Christ ascended before. Before he ascended, he descended. He saw everything. So when they're having the meeting, he's looking at them. Psalm 2 says, and he that sits in the heaven. He laughs. And he's hearing that they're calling the name and saying, ah, this person, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And God looks at them and shakes his head. Six and said, and just before one day's the plan, he scatters their whole plan. He frustrates the devices of the crafty so that their hands, there's no plan of the enemy that will succeed against you. Sir, he's the father of spirits. You no, know, the Bible tells us in John 3 8, he's talking about you. So, how much more the father of spirits? He said, the wind blows where it wishes. The word wind and the word spirit in the New Testament is the same. New man. It's the exact same word. So, you can say, the spirit goes where it wishes. Nobody knows where it's coming from. He said, no, it goes where it wishes. That means it is unstoppable. 
So, you, so the spirit, if you as the spirit is unstoppable, how much more the father of spirit? Remember, in the book of John, Acts chapter 5, from verse 17 downwards. Let's read it so that because some of you don't read the Bible normally. The high priest rose up and all those who were with him and were filled with indignation. Keep going, please. They laid their hands on the apostles. Now, quick question. Please don't think this is stupid. This is real. The apostles, are they human beings or not? Human beings, right? Okay. So human beings, Peter and the rest of them. And they put them in common prison, right? At night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, now the angel of the Lord, is it spirit or human being? Spirit. So a spirit came without the physical key and opened the physical door and brought out the physical human being and told them to go and stand in another physical place. And verse 21 says, 21 says, when they heard that, they entered the temple. But the high priest and those who were with him, they came and called the council together. Keep on going. And what did they say? They sent to the prison to bring them. Should they, normally, under normal circumstances, when you lock somebody in prison, with a physical key and you keep it, shouldn't you meet them there the following day? All right, well, let's see what happened there. But when the officers came back, they did not find them in prison. But look at what they now reported. This is even more scary. Keep going. Say, listen, we found the prison shut securely. Ah, I thought the Bible said the angel opened it. The angels, the Bible says, go, go back. You see, it. verse 19 or so. The angel of the Lord did what? So let's go back to 22 or 23. Why is it now securely shut? <laughs> These are the deep things of God. <laughs> the Bible says, and we found the guard still standing. <laughs> God will make all your detractors look like fools. God will make fools of every one of them. God will make fools of every one of them. God will make fools of every one of them. Where they are still waiting for you, you will have gone. Where they are still waiting for you, you will have moved on. You will have moved on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God will make a fool of all your adversaries. All the adversaries of this church house of praise. God will make a fool of them. God will make a fool of them. God will make a fool of them. The doors that the enemy thought are securely shut. Today, as I speak on behalf of the Almighty concerning you, may they be open in Jesus' name. May they be open in Jesus' name. Where they said you will not reach, you will reach the place. How far they said you will not go, you will exceed it. You will exceed it. You will exceed it. I can hear an amen from you. I pray for you today in this service. In the name of Jesus, your value that have been hidden, may it be experience prominence in this season. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I really want you to watch out. This week, you will get a testimony of open doors. I'd like you to watch out. This week, a testimony of open doors. This week, this week, a testimony of open doors. This week, a testimony of open doors. Please, once again, don't miss this fasting period. This season is very critical. I pray for you today. Receive grace to wait effectively on God. Receive grace to wait effectively. Receive grace to fast effectively. Watch out. Between this Sunday and next week's Sunday, as the Lord leaves, tangible open doors. Doors that will lead to tangible progress. There will be a remarkable progress from this Sunday to next Sunday for you. 
Oh, I'm speaking to only three people. There will be a remarkable progress from this Sunday to next Sunday for you. In the name of Jesus, supernatural progress, unstoppable progress, unhindered progress. In the name of Jesus, irresistible progress. In the name of Jesus. As I take the physical action in the name that is above every name, by the authority of Jesus Christ that has the key of David that opens and nobody can shut. Every door that was hitherto shut against you that ought to have opened today be opened in Jesus' name. Every door that was shut against us or praise that ought to have opened in this season in the name of Jesus be opened in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus be opened. The doors in your career that ought to open be opened. The doors in your business be opened. For every person that is here and those standing in the gap for every single person that is in the house that wants to get married the doors that the enemy shut that ought to have opened within 90 days be open let your amen be loud and clear every physical womb that is here that has been shut right now be open in Jesus name watch out the fallopian tube might not regrow necessarily. The ovary might not produce necessarily, but please don't consider, Abraham did not consider his own body, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. But the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 11, by faith Sarah herself received strength to conceive, even though she was past the age of childbearing. May those wounds be reopened in Jesus' name. Be reopened in Jesus' name. She will no longer be sick. She will no longer be sick. She will no longer be sick. I, 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 I just want to pray for you for another two, three minutes. Is that okay? Can I, can I listen to me? Anywhere the forces of darkness are gathered against you, witches, wizards, and the occult against you, against your spouse, against your children, in the name of Jesus Christ, anything they say concerning you, may it be nullified. Everything they mean or they've meant for evil may be turned to your God. Whatever arrow has been fired against you today, in the name of Jesus, may it go back to where it's coming from. Oh, let your amen be loud and clear. Amen. Whatever demonic messenger entity has been sent against you, we bind the spirit in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit in Jesus' name. I declare over you as one called by the Almighty God. You will not be poor. Amen. Oh, my God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God. You will not be poor. My God, my God. You will not be poor. If you didn't hear me say anything at all in this service, please hear this one and write it down. As the Lord lives that called me into a ministry, you will not be put to shame. This church will not be put to shame. You will not be put to shame. This church will not be put to shame. You will not be put to shame. This church will not be put to shame. In the name of Jesus. Sir, God will come through for you. God will come through for you. Ma'am, God will come through for you. God will come through for you. You will shout for joy. You will scream for joy. You will jump for joy. You will dance for joy. You will clap for joy. You will sing for joy. You will shout for joy. I like you to touch three people around you and tell them God will come through for you. God will come through for you. Prophesy to them God will come through for you. God will come through for you. You will not be put to shame. God will come through for you. God will come through for you. God will come through for you. Open doors are coming. 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 Now I'd like you to hold the hands of somebody that is just about to go through open doors. Don't just hold the hands of anybody. Uh, it's not about proximity. Somebody might not have the faith, but I can see doors swinging open. 